In this episode, I want to take a deeper dive into Hotwire to really see what's going on. As we know, to install Hotwire on a Rails application, we can just add the Hotwire-Rails to our gem file, run bundle to install it, and then run the task Rails Hotwire colon install to get things up and going. And they've done a really good job to kind of explain what's going on with this rate task and which files are getting modified. However, going this route may not always be the most ideal outcome, especially if we have an existing Rails application with Webpacker. And so this Hotwire Rails application, first and foremost, it is extremely tiny. There's not much going on here, and it's really meant to act more as a shell for the other libraries. So if we go into the lib folder and in the tasks, and if we have a look at this rate task, you can see all that it's doing is running the turbo install and the stimulus install. And both of those are coming from the gem spec in the turbo rails library for the turbo install and in the stimulus rails library for stimulus. So if we first take a look at the stimulus rails library, there's a rate task which is executed and it's a stimulus install. And this is going to execute a Rails template onto your existing application, and that's on the previous directory under the install stimulus.rb. And so if we look at this, we're basically creating the app assets JavaScripts and the libraries folder. We're then updating our assets manifest to include the Linktree JavaScripts, which will basically allow the asset pipeline to bring in the JavaScript files. We're then taking a single layout file, which is the application HTML ERB. So right there, if you're using Hamel or Slim, then you might need to make some adjustments, which they do take that into account. If the application layout path does exist, then it'll insert into that file these stimulus include tags. If the file didn't exist, then it's basically going to tell you what you need to do with your layout files. And then also, we'll comment out the assets debug if it is set to true. And then I'll also remove the rack mini profiler, which I'm not too sure why that's getting removed. However, there could be some compatibility issues, or rack mini profiler might just be making a bit too much noise. But I want to take a look at this stimulus include tags next. So coming back to the root of this library, if we go under app helpers, and then the stimulus helper, we see these stimulus include tags. And remember, this is going into your layouts file, and essentially, we're just including in stimulus as a JavaScript include tag, along with the type module or the type module shim. And I found this really interesting, and it really shows how far we've come, because when you add in the type module, then basically you're able to use some of the more modern JavaScript, and things will just kind of more naturally work. So it's my opinion that this could help us get back to a more simple way of development where we revert back to the asset pipeline instead of using Webpacker. However, if you are in a situation where you are already using Webpacker, then I probably would not include in the Stimulus Rails library. I would continue to use it with Webpacker as you already have. And once things have stabilized a bit with what direction we should be going down, then you can look into changing things at that point. And if we jump over to Turbo Rails, which is the second part of Hotwire, which if you remember, there's three parts 
that will work together. You have Turbo, which is going to provide a lot of the rich interaction for a lot of the code that you already have written, but it also has the streams, where as you make requests back to the Rails application, it'll just update the frames that you have specified, but then it can also broadcast over to other clients to update their UI as well. So if we start off by just looking at the rate tasks, this one I found really interesting. And we basically have two paths for installing Turbo. If you already have Webhacker enabled on your application, then it's going to execute the rate task, Turbo install Webhacker. Otherwise, it's going to go down the route of the asset pipeline, similar to how Stimulus Rails is installing. So if we are adding this to an application which has Webpacker, then it's going to run install template Turbo with Webpacker. And that is essentially just another Rails application template that's going to be under the install path. So under our lib install, we have the Turbo with Webpacker and the Turbo with Asset Pipeline. If we look at the Turbo with Webpacker, we have a nice little guard clause just in case if you accidentally manually run this and you don't have Webpacker installed. We're doing a yarn add hotwire turbo dash rails, and we're importing the turbo rails library under our webpackers pack application.js. And then it does a bit of cleanup where we removed the gem turbo links from our gem file, and we also removed the turbo links package from our JavaScript, and then any import references from our webpackers application.js. For Turbolinks and the Turbolinks.start are removed as well. Redis is then enabled into our gem file if it's already commented out. And then we are taking the cable YAML file under the config folder and we are changing it from async to Redis. And then we're also adding the URL to our localhost port 6379, which is the default Redis port. And we're using database number one, which is actually the second database since it starts at zero. And the Turbo with Asset Pipeline is very similar to the Webpacker with the exception to our layout file where we are adding in the yield head and the Turbo Include tags. And the Turbo Include tags is just going to include Turbo with the type of module. What does this mean for us? If I have an existing application, then I can still do a bundle add hotwire-rails to my gem file. However, I will not do a Rails hotwire install because I don't want to add in stimulus if I already have stimulus installed and if I'm using Webpacker. Instead, I would want to continue on using the stimulus with Webpacker as I already have, or if I still want to stick with Webpacker instead of reverting back to the asset pipeline for the JavaScript, then I can still do the Rails Webpacker install stimulus. And because I want to use Turbo, I can do a bin rails turbo install and I don't have to worry about the webpacker because that's going to be automatically triggered because I did create this template application with webpacker already installed. And so as we saw from the source code, all that's doing is doing the yarn add hotwired turbo dash rails. It then inserted to load in turbo rails into my application.js. It's removing turbo links. It enabled Redis, and it also configured my cable to use Redis for the action cable. And just so we have something to interact with, I'll go ahead and generate a scaffold 
we'll call it products with a title, and then we'll also have a price, and I'm putting this in quotes. So when we specify the decimal, we can also add in a comma two for the precision and scale. Once that's done, we can go ahead and run Rails DB migrate to migrate our database. And for the product model, we'll add in some validation where we can validate the title. We'll make sure that it's present. And then we'll also verify that the uniqueness is set to true. And so this way, we can have a title that is blank and also a title must be unique. So now if we just go into our JavaScript packs and look at our application.js, we'll see that we're still using Rails UJS. So things like submitting a form and having the button disabled and the data confirm will still work. We also have the Turbo Rails. And then we're importing in our controllers, which is going to be our stimulus controllers. And so now let's go ahead and create a new product and see how things interact. So click on the new product, the page loads. But if we try to create a product, you can see that the disable width occurs, but then we get no feedback on what's going on with our record. Changing anything doesn't remove that disable width. And if we look at our console, you'll see that everything is getting handled by the Turbo Stream now. And if we look at our console, you'll see that the form responses must redirect to another location, yet we're not getting any kind of feedback. And so if we come into our form, the easiest way to handle this is with a Turbo Frame tag, and this is going to be for our product, and we'll just put our form within that frame tag. Let's see how it interacts now. So we can create a new product, and if we submit the form now, we now see that we get our error. And all of this happened without refreshing the page. Instead, when we click the create product, that'll make a post request back to our application. It's going to render out our layout, the new page, the form, again, because the controller is rendering the new action. But because our form is now wrapped in the turbo frame tag, turbo knows to just replace this part of our screen. So if we give it a test title, we can now create our product, but then nothing happens. Or at least the user is not given any kind of feedback. If we look, we did get our post, but because this occurred within the frame tag, Turbo is expecting the show page that it's rendering to have a frame tag as well. And if we come in here, and if we just encapsulate the important bits that we want with the frame, we can just copy and paste our turbo frame tag that we had for our form and paste that in. And then we can try this out. I'll go ahead, go back to the home page where we now have our test product. I can edit this and then I can put in a price and update the product. And then we get our rendered show page. And again, only this part is encapsulated in the turbo frame tag. So only this is getting updated. And so because we didn't have anything else encapsulated, Within this turbo frame tag, clicking on all these buttons should work without any issues. You may have noticed when we update the product, we still have the show in the back button. And that's because those were not part of the frame tag. And because we're not navigating away from this page, that information sticks, just the frame tag content is replaced. And so I think that's going to take a lot to get used to. And I think that we're going to see a lot of situations where we thought we had everything correct, but then we come back and realize that we need to tweak our code a bit because we didn't put everything in the frame tag that we needed to. 
And so even when we do, for example, if we take the entire frame tag around the form, and we put that around the edit of the product, as well as the new of the product, then it's going to take those links into account as well. But now the problem here is that when we go to the products path, this products path is going to render our index.html.erb, yet we do not have any turbo frame tag over there. And because we don't have a turbo frame tag called product, then it's essentially going to have nothing to render. And I think that's where we could really use some feedback, either through a console error or something within the Rails application or something else where it tells us that even though the page was successfully captured, no action was taken because no turbo frame tag was found for the matching product. And so we can come in here and we can put our turbo frame tag in on the index action. And then when we come back to our application, and if we hit the show page, that works. When editing a page, we can now hit the back button and all of this information gets replaced. New products will work. Creating the product with a validation issue will work. We can also test if the name's already been taken. And of course, we can create our product and all of that will work successfully. And one thing that you really should do is come and look at the documentation for Turbo because Turbo has replaced Turbolinks, but it does so much more than just what Turbolinks did. There's a lot of references to things like Turbo.visit instead of Turbolinks.visit, and on different things like the events with the Turbo load instead of the Turbolinks load. But we get so much more with Turbo, with the frames and the streams, and getting all those real-time updates. There are some things within Turbo which you can ensure that a visit to certain pages will always trigger a full page reload just by including the turbo visit control with the content of reload meta tag within the head. And as you can see from the GitHub page, I think that things are still in a very early stage because turbo has really only been battle tested in just a few scenarios. But as the community starts adopting this and using it more, I think that we're going to start seeing a lot of the issues with Turbo and have confidence that they will get resolved or some kind of workaround presented. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks for watching.